Hi everyone! Before we start the show, I wanted to ask that if you like what we're doing here, you might consider donating to keep it moving onward and upward. I have a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon and a PayPal at paypal.me backslash Hegelbon. $5 a Patreon will get you bonus episodes, but even a dollar helps more than you can imagine because no cartridge is funded by listeners like you. Thank you. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hegelbon on Twitter, and I'm happy to have with me. Uh, we just kind of we just met on Twitter, but I feel I feel as if I feel as if we're fast friends. Uh, uh, Shen uh, from Shen Comics, uh, previously Owl Turds, now Shen Comics, uh, here to talk with us about I mean all sorts of stuff. Shen, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I, I someone suggested I have you on. Uh, Actually, very directly by adding both of us, but the uh, which is great because now I'm getting the uh, the Chapo treatment of uh, you know such and such go on go on no cartridge, which is uh, which is good for me because I'm sure for Chapo it's annoying because they have a, a whole production uh, group and they're you know I'm sure they have to run it by a bunch of people. But for me, uh, if anyone's interested, I can just then ask them immediately to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, and, and if so, it's very annoying because if somebody says go on Chapo, they legally have to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so, right. so they, they just gotta, they've got a, they've got just a massive queue. <laughs> yeah, the 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 basic uh, basically every leftist and non leftist on Twitter is uh, is set to go on Chapo sometime in the next five or six years, um, but, or or come down one of the two. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so like um, someone added me and and put your name in because or like uh, put me in touch with you because you you did some work on Hollow Knight and you know I read up on that I looked at your illustrations of it which I think is like w- was super cool but of course like the game itself is just kind of beautiful in its own way um, and I mean we just we just kind of got to talking about games and uh, yeah I can't wait I can't wait to to do it do it live and record it kind of work through some stuff with you yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been doing like the type of thing that I did for Hollow Knight for a while, um, for various like, uh, indie and retro games, um, trying to, trying to keep it like fairly, uh, obscure. I would say okay. Hollow, Hollow Knight is probably the most relevant one I've done. Oh, I, I actually, when, um, I did, um, uh, Rogue Legacy in the past, that was pretty okay. relevant at the time too. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a while. I took a long break from it, right? Um, okay. Because I just started, I got busy with uh, comics and uh, I guess the business thereof. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently I discovered there's a business and I'm just like, oh no. Uh, yeah, man, but, you got to figure out how to sell shirts and, and all that stuff too. It's like, it's uh, that, that's like not what they tell you in, uh, in, in comic school. See what what I what I think is my audience should figure out how to buy shirts, and then <laughs> and then I won't have to do as much figuring maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, I I got back 
I got a little bit back into it um, right now. I'm a little bit back into the groove of both like comics and doing uh, kind of other stuff that I like, like these little game reviews. Um, and I, I'm glad I'm glad to be doing it. Like I didn't realize how much uh, I missed it until until I took another stab at it. It's it's like for, I kind of forgot how much I enjoyed um, that type of stuff. Um, so the Hollow Knight review was a lot of fun. It wasn't, it wasn't the most academic thing in the world. It was just me showing a bunch of screenshots and going, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. Like I was going to say there was something, there was something really, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's more than just like an appreciation. Cause like, it's not like, it's not, I don't want to say like, oh, you did art appreciation or something like that, but because it, it's more than that, it, it, it was cool because you definitely like, I, I don't know, like for me, I'm I'm all about because I did so much literary analysis in my life. I'm all about like thinking of a thing as a as a total object and looking at all the parts of it. So the fact that you opened with your own illustration of Hollow Knight was like so cool to me. Um, but then like also going through it, it, it was just this kind of clear. I don't know, like, uh, engagement with, with like how cool the aesthetic was. And I, I, I don't know, like, I think, you know, th- there's a way in which that I think people see that as frivolous, but I also think like, especially in a game like Hollow Knight that is so invested in its aesthetic and so unique, um, that might just be like the most honest way to approach it. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, I, I think so. Uh, I think so. Cause it's like, uh, I, I don't know. There's so much love put into it um and there's there's very little way to respond to that much love being put into something except also just love you know Mm. like you can try and respond to it in an academic way and say like oh the backgrounds are like very well shaded and the color palette uh, is very complimentary, right? Um, but uh, whereas uh, many people probably wouldn't have like much of an understanding of uh, even what you're talking about there, um, uh, a lot of many people have like a very intuitive understanding of what looks good and 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 what yeah, looks exactly. like it, it has a lot of like effort put into it and what just works right um and it's kind of we extrapolate the science of it from that intuition right um so it, it's uh <laughs> I, I don't know it's just a really pretty game uh, that, that's yeah, all that's no, all i sure. really had to say there but but it's also something that i feel i i didn't quite mention is it, it's just like very uh i guess big like the the lore of mm-hmm. the world is is very big um and the world itself is very big it's it's deep um and it's just like a cool mechanical it's clever it's clever yeah. in it and it's like level design and it's just a cool mechanical um uh metroidvania it, it, it's like if you take away uh everything all visuals and just showed me a bunch of hit boxes it would still be a good game <laughs> It would still right. be a good game, but, but the visuals are, are splendid, you know? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, of course, like, there's – I don't know, like, it, you're talking about the ways in which, like, you can uh, be academic or or careful or, uh, I guess, like, um, methody about the, the, the ways in which the art works. Um, it, it reminds me of, like, how difficult it is to actually grasp the feeling of a good Metroidvania um, – like I, I played through Axiom Verge recently, which is which is fun. I mean, I like Axiom Verge just fine. Um, but it like there were the parts I liked were the parts where it 
definitely innovated and was clever and sort of was self-aware and, and messed around with the formula. Um, the parts I didn't like were where it felt kind of like it was just trying to make me feel the same way I felt when I played Metroid. And I, I think there's something very subtle about good Metroidvanias. I'm thinking of Hollow Knight and I'm thinking of uh, Dead Cells where um, if you've I don't know if you played Dead Cells yet or not. Um, uh, I've been recommended Dead Cells. I see it. I see it. I good. In the Steam library, uh, thinking <laughs> of getting it. Is it good? Yeah, it's very, very good. It's it's like one of my one of my top games of 2017. Or yeah, 2017. It's uh it's very, very well done. Um, and like part of the reason it's well done is because it it understands the spirit of a Metroidvania in its, I guess, in its level design and in its uh in its aesthetics, which is like this mix between challenging and also kind of um melancholy or empty um i think like in the best i always think back to super metroid which is kind of my uh canonical metroid uh even though i i started with the first metroid because i'm an old person but the uh (laughs) these days but uh super metroid was the one i played the most and there's just um there are moments in that game that are just like completely empty like you feel aside from the enemies that like it's just like a cavern effectively um and hollow knight kind of uh speaks to that Really, really well that that never that actually like until you mentioned that it never occurred to me how like empty um aside from the enemies right uh how, <laughs> right. how yeah aside from the enemies how empty uh metroidvanias tend to feel but now that i'm thinking about every one i've ever played like right down to like the flash games on Newgrounds back mm-hmm. in the day uh they they all have that feeling. They have that weird emptiness. What, like that doesn't, do you think that's like inherent to the genre? Do you think it has to be that way? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's odd, right? Cause like, I, I think some of the reasons it happened in the early ones is because of design choices or design um, restrictions. Cause if you think about the first, I, I mean, actually, I guess like people don't usually think about the first Castlevania and this it's more the second, but like the second Castlevania is maybe the most, eerily empty game uh, of that like Nintendo era. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that, yeah, well, they could design a swamp, but they couldn't really add much to it. Like the, you know, the swamp area could be yeah. something, but like, it's not going to have that much dialogue explaining what it is. It's not going to have like a lot of filigree. It's just going to be the swamp area. And I think yeah. like on some level, maybe it was a design restriction then, but that emotional feeling has so much to do with the genre now, as opposed to just like a collectathon. Because you can play like collection games that aren't Metroidvanias, but Metroidvanias have that have that feeling that comes with that design choice. I think you know built in at this point. I don't think you're, we're ever going to get away from it now. Yeah, um, yeah, but I don't know. It might be, might be because uh, I mean to make to make it feel not empty. I guess you got to like. It, it like takes a lot of work, right? And you gotta like put a lot of a lot of stuff in there. Um, have Have you ever played um, uh, I, a game called Bird Song? I think it's by Daniel Listen. No, I know Listen. I I don't know why I know that name, but yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't played Bird Song. No, Bird Song. Um, that's kind of like uh, like when when we were talking about emptiness. That's kind of an example that came to mind um, because. In that game, you actually see the whole map at all times, 
and then on (laughs) on where you are you get this like fisheye effect you you get this like as if there was like a ball rolling below the location of your character right um so you're cool yeah your mini map is the map right um and uh you, you can uh you can just see how much like it like it's just like a lonely a lonely world with spikes and ledges oh, right yeah, look at that i'm looking at an image of it now that's really interesting yeah it's pretty it's pretty red it's pretty red um and then another another one that's coming to mind is uh old flash game called endeavor um like very yeah. very simple um, and it's also your and and that one in that one it's kind of accentuated by the fact that your character is just very small. Like your character is like <laughs> it's like two pixels, and you're in this giant epic environment. And uh, I, I don't know, it, it's just like yeah, like I didn't realize it before. Like if you had asked me before, what are some of the defining characteristics of a uh, Metroidvania? Like uh, emptiness wouldn't even have occurred to me, um, or this this sort of like lonely feeling of the map. But now that you mention it, it's definitely it's yeah. consistently there. You know? Yeah, it's it's one of those things I, I noticed when I was thinking a lot about Dead Cells and Axiom Verge, and now I, I can't stop seeing it. Um, I, I end up falling really deep. I, this, we, we were sort of talking about this when we were talking about uh, Silent Hill, which we'll we'll get to as as we go along. But I, I feel like in some of the simil- in some of the same ways that uh, those very creepy games, uh, very creepy versions of horror games, have deep lore you can fall into. I just fall into Metroidvanias, like just unpacking every area of a world, trying to complete the map. That's just like a very easy fixation for me. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely, I can, like, I, I'm, I'm by no means a completionist in other games. Like I'm not, I'm not a fan of like collect-a-thons necessarily. Cause I'm just like, ah, I don't care. I don't care if I get all the bananas in DK 64. I don't, I just, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, yeah, but, absolutely. but in like when there's actual like substantial reward for doing stuff, like unlocking a new area, getting a new ability, right? Um, that uh-huh. that that gives you so much more, I guess, in- incentive to actually like explore and try things out, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you know, just the, it it feels less like an arbitrary thing added in by the devs, and more like um, I don't know, more like something you can, so something that they put in because it's part of the story. I'm reminded of, uh, I know the the guy who did, and I always forget his name, which is probably good in this case, uh, but the guy who did Braid is is uh, always kind of in the news for Jonathan the best Blow? reason. Yeah, Jonathan Blow. I know he he did, he said something silly maybe like a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. Um, he's always, I, I don't know, like since since Braid came out, he's sort of been the angry old man of gaming. He's um, He's what yeah, we, he is, we've got. He is Wylan. We've got a few. There are a few people in comics that are Wylan. In in like <laughs> even like gag comics, there are a few people in games that are Wylan. They're always yeah. they're always going to be people that are Wylan, but it's okay because I think hopefully going forward, um, there will be some character <laughs> development and some revelations. Um, he's a smart. I, I should hope so. Yeah. He's a smart guy, Jonathan Blow. Like I, I, I love him, and I love his work, and I love The Witness, and I loved Braid, even though I didn't yeah. complete either of those games because I'm because I'm <laughs> dumb. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. He's a he's a smart dude. Yeah, and I mean, his, his stuff is thought provoking. I, I like I have no problem with his game design. Um, 
I think it's brilliant. But like the so the the thing in Braid that that struck me, there's a so there are stars in Braid that you have that you basically you can collect the thon and get. And I uh I, I forget why I decided to actually try and get them. It was before I was writing on games, so I don't really know uh, what the impulse was. Because I'm like you, where like I don't really like Mario 64. I didn't really care about getting all the stars. It didn't matter to me. I just wanted to get enough to like finish the game. Um, but with with that, I wanted to get everything. And there's one where um, it's up like on this ledge, and it seems like you can't possibly get it. And the way to do it is you have to stand there and forward time for like. 12 minutes um, <laughs> it slowly moves towards you uh, and you basically just watch this star move towards you and it's this experience of just standing there holding a button and just staring at something slowly changing and it's like all right that's i i appreciate that you included that because like that that's a that's a good commentary on tedium it's a good sort of experience to to have to watch something like that happen and unfold for someone who's playing a video game like it's yeah. not it's not Twitch. It's the it's the exact opposite of Twitch play, and like that's pretty smart. Like that's kind of cool that you did that. It's um, a, a, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think he um I think he said in an interview at one point that uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the like one hundred percent basically challenges that he put in Braid were to kind of demonstrate the like pointlessness of this like hundred percent mentality, right? Yep. Yeah, and he does it really, really well. I mean, that's that's again, like as you say, like it's it's always a shame. It's kind of funny that there are these people like that in the game scene and the comic scene where like their insights are so good, but they'll just pop up with something at any given time. That's, that's uh, all right. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. But yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I think like I think it, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that goes back to the loneliness of 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 the aesthetic that we're we're that we came in on with the Metroidvanias too. Cause of course braid is, is melancholy in almost the same way. Um, particularly in the weird human face your, your character has and the kind of twist on Mario and everything. Oh gosh. And the weird human face, the enemies have. Yeah. The Goombas or whatever that he calls them are very human looking. It's, it's awfully strange. I think like to me, there's something about, I, I, do you ever play the flash game? Uh, don't look back. Oh, um, is that the one where you have to, like, you only go forward and then you rescue somebody and then you have to go back through the levels or something? Um, yeah, I- yeah. It's like, I think it's like a, a I think it's a, a, a thing about basically like a video game version of uh, the myth of Persephone going into hell or Hades and rescuing someone and bringing them back. Right. Um, uh, um, I actually, if I played that, I think it was probably a long time ago, so you'd have to like refresh my memory on on it if you're going to talk about something specific, I guess. Just briefly. I mean, it's like it, it's a pretty forgettable game in a lot of ways, and like it's fun. I mean, it's a cool game, and it's it's visually neat. It's kind of like you know one of those two tone games where it, it calls back some of those old PC uh, dev, sort of like um, oh, what's that game? Kids, oh, Kids of Could a little bit, but it's a it's more worked out than that sort of game like it's more graphically mm-hmm. intensive um but in any case i mean it's a flash game it's you know it, it has limits but uh it, you know it's a good game it's neat but the whole point of it is like you know it's it's very pat you start at a grave and you go through hell and you bring back your your lost love and then um at the end when you have to look back um mechanically just to even do anything your uh your character vanishes in the way that he does or 
she does when you actually look back at the game. So like the mechanic in the game, the difficulty of the game is you can never hit left when you're going right and you can't hit right when you're going left. You have to keep moving forward. Right. Um, but the, uh, the weird part about it is it's not, it doesn't feel as profound to me because the whole game is like, it's called don't look back. It's about not being able to look back. The mechanic is not, is about not looking back. And so ultimately it's like, okay, I get it. The game is, the game is a, a, a message or a meditation on the fact that you can't go back and, and, and fix the past. You can't go into hell and save your loved one. Um, and I know that should be a more profound message than something like, um, well, even not braid, like something like, um, like hollow Knight, where it just makes me feel lonely, but that loneliness actually like executed without a specific message in mind is so much more, I don't know, like it's so much more effective to me. I, I feel it more than I do something like don't look back that has kind of like a moral or an ethical claim, uh, inside of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with being a bit cheeky with the mechanics, you know, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't no. think, like, I don't think be like, I can imagine like a very cool, um, looking game, uh, that gets kind of cheeky with the mechanics in that way. And th- that can only like add to the impact. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes like when a game just communicates, uh, a feeling, effectively like like with Mm -hmm. hollow knight you know as you said loneliness i got um like uh, abandonment you know um like uh, like basically you're you're traversing like a fallen civilization right so it's like a lot of former greatness that you see that has now deteriorated and you're left to just like speculate about what all of this stuff once was um uh, i i think that kind of that can be uh, as powerful if if not more powerful right because because ultimately yeah. like that's like the conclusion is the conclusion of uh, is an emotion regardless regardless of, of what you're doing right humans kind of kind of think in emotions uh no matter how much we pretend to be like rational logical creatures right yeah definitely and like there's you know that it, it reminds me of some of the stuff i've seen in 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 your your comic work as well where like um i was talking before about um uh I, i'm never gonna remember the full title but the the series you just did you'll remember the full title because you have to keep writing it uh but a series where uh sort of like shen the the you but not you character of shen comics uh, and that i'm using your description there the that he's sort of like you but not but practically speaking for the comic's sake he is um does battle with this uh this giant purple uh guy named life uh, who is life and just like basically knocking the character down and um and and it's like this uh you know it's it's very much a uh a, a love letter it, I, I read it anyway as a love letter to to like dragon ball z to to like anime combat anime basically and um you know that it reminded me in some ways of this comic that came out to a very mixed review uh a few years back about like um you know basically like comic art creators attacking critics and doubt and stuff like that in this giant like green monster and i remember that comic <laughs> wait remember well, that comic wait was that um uh, was that a zen pencils one yes that was and i remember i remember that comic getting i didn't like it i i wasn't i wasn't a fan of that comic and like <laughs> Uh, okay i, I don't i don't want to yes. like uh, like no, I, no please 
I'm not going to put you in a position to, to, to shit talk. Yeah, no. I, I'm, if you don't want to. Because Zen, Pencil, like Zen Pencils is overall, like I, I think overall it's like a brilliant project, right? It's like a brilliant idea that uh, mm-hmm. the creator had. Uh, and they're a good illustrator too. Uh, yeah, the and, art is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And and, and is this this is going to make sense what, once I explain it, right? Uh, but I would say they're <laughs> uh, quite a good writer as well. Uh, and what I mean in that sense isn't that they are writing the quotes, uh, but that they are writing the story that's going uh, going on in the background that illustrates the quotes, mm. right? Uh, and a lot yeah, of the right. times that stuff is like super touching and and personal. Um, and, and I believe they they also have sort of like a personal experience of um, trying to pursue their dream, right? Uh, in, yeah. in making comics, so it's it's very like informed in that way, right? Um, the uh, the uh, the goop comic <laughs> the, the, that's right the, it was goop that's right yeah yes. the, the like the like um i guess uh, the the hate goop the criticism goop um well uh, i mean i don't know uh, i don't know if the way people largely interpreted that it is uh, actually what they uh, what they meant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I think people are are very hypersensitive um on online uh to uh any artist yeah yeah a little bit hypersensitive (laughs) online but but i noticed that they're specifically hyper like there's nothing that pisses off the internet more than an artist who even hints at taking any issue with critique Right. Um, or, or, or even like uh, like not necessarily polite critique. You know, they're not like uh, like 4chan people aren't throwing compliment sandwiches at you, you know. Um, so, <laughs> so so it's like uh, it's, it's like uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think that he was addressing polite critique with the intent to help sure. the artist improve in that comic. Uh, I think maybe it could have been a little bit more better executed to uh, make that more clear, I guess, so people wouldn't have a field day with it. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it was what it was. It was what it was. I still I still love, I, I believe his name is Gavin. Uh, I still love okay. uh, Gavin's work and I read it like regularly. Yeah, and like I, I, you know, I never really piled on that comic because I sort of, I, I for the same exact reasons, I don't like piling on things anyway. It's just not really what I do anymore. Maybe like definitely when I first was online, but I sort of don't like doing it now because when you grow up and you get piled on online and off it, by life, uh, such as you, you know the subject of your comics, it feels a little less, uh, just a little less rewarding. But. Um, yeah, I, like I, I think the the thing that I that always struck me as strange about that comic was the the sort of like um, very very Manichaean like binary between like okay the good guys are the ones fighting the hate goop and the bad guys are the hate goop and I get it as sort of like a cathartic comic especially for like someone who's getting that kind of hate I I can see writing it if if I was getting you know, yelled at by 4chan and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's, it's a very um, human thing to do, you know? Absolutely. 100%. Um, but mm-hmm. what I like about your comic and your comic is like, it's, it's much more about self doubt, which I obviously like, it's more of this internally focused, uh, uh, uh problem, but uh, not problem, but barrier, um, which again, like I certainly associate with and, and uh, empathize with, uh, most of the emotions in your comic as well. But there's like there's this way in which um, what I like about your work is that it 
it, it, it focuses on the emotion and this really difficult emotion of both um, really being frustrated with the way that, uh, you know, everyday life can mess up your plans and mess up your hopes and dreams and, uh, how you're sort of like, uh, how you have to struggle for that stuff. And, and it feels, uh, I don't know, cold. And then at the end where there's that brief panel where it's sort of like, he says like, you're stuck with me forever. And, uh, the Shen character is, I guess that's cause we're, I guess that's why we're, uh, we're best friends, huh? And like, you guys, it gives him like a noogie and it's like, it's this ultimately complicated thing where it's like, of course, but you also love it. And it's this love hate and it's never resolved. And it's just this emotion that's kind of left floating, which I thought was so effective. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like life, life is meant to represent life. So, um, so, <laughs> so a it's, tough one. I don't know if I can set that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like kind of, uh, uh, kind of like I, I tried to make the relationship between Shen and life kind of uh, like a relation, like a person's relationship would be with um, with just the concept of of life in general and like the challenges that you face. It, it's like, yeah, it, it like it throws things at you, sometimes stuff that you can handle, sometimes stuff that you can't necessarily handle at the time. Um, but ultimately, right. um ultimately you you have to kind of love it right um so that's yeah, uh yeah absolutely that's that's the shtick behind that whole thing um but most mostly it was just i don't know mostly it was just a fun anime fight to be honest like let's be honest yeah well but again like that's the point right where it's like you think of you know, something like and then this is like this is a critique i've gotten from people before about the podcast where you look at you look at stuff like um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, you know, I've done I've done really intensive readings of things like, um, well, like Dead Cells. So, like Dead Cells, I talk a lot about. Uh, oh, and and Dark Souls. So, Dark Souls is a good example because I've talked about Dark Souls a million times, mm. and like how the difficulty in Dark Souls is this actually sort of like to me. Uh, I read it as this kind of like existential commentary at the same point. Like the fact that you die a lot is actually really important for Dark Souls. It's not just a get good game. It's also like you're supposed to die like 500 times as you're getting used to the game. Um, it's the whole point of it. And that's like if you don't do that, um, you're missing part of the the joy of it. Like if somehow you hacked Dark Souls, it wouldn't be nearly the same game. You, you, can't, um, you can't already be good going in. That's, right. that's not like a exactly. proper experience, you know? No, it, and, and like I, I, the experience I had is probably even more like I didn't know anything about the game going in, and I didn't know where to go, and I just wandered around for about like six hours of playtime trying to figure out how to start, and that I feel is like the true, the, the true introduction to Dark Souls, where you're just like everything in this world kills me, and I can't progress. What am I supposed to do? Um, and like that, there's something very meaningful about that to me. But, uh, and I, I understand where this uh, critique comes from, and I, I buy it. Like, you could also just then say, it's a fun game. Like, it's hard because that makes it fun. Like, don't don't be so serious about it. Um, and I get that. But, like, I think, in a way, the best work that the, – the best stuff in, in games, and I got to say, like, in comics, too, for me, um, I'm a big comics head, uh, bigger less, less big than I used to be, but, like, I, I still have a very, very large part in my heart for comics – um, like, I think the best of both, both of those genres is the stuff that, you know, really, really commits to its genre, really commits to what it's doing, really commits to having fun with what it's doing or, or, you know, tell a story. But then like in the corners of it is also, you know, going for something that 
may or may not be recognized, but is like serious. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's every, uh, every, every sort of work that's considered like really good. Right. Um, in, uh, whether that be in comics or in games or in theater, music, movies, whatever. Right. Um, sure. usually it can be, uh, usually it's like, it's like fun, uh, e- even on the surface level, right? Um, it's like uh, outwardly fun. You don't have to uh, understand anything about it in order to just sort of appreciate it um, because uh, usually it's pretty clear that uh, the people or person making it was super into it um, as, they were, yeah. as they were making it. Um, but uh, if you do appreciate it, maybe even that takes like uh, a second or a third watch or play or uh, whatever it is, or read uh, whatever Absolutely. medium you're interacting with, um, then you get more from it, right? And and that makes mm-hmm. it that makes it like a, a great thing rather than just a good thing, right? Um, because because if something yeah. is just like superficially kind of cool and and fun to consume, it, it can be a good thing, but it's not necessarily like considered like it's it's not necessarily going to be remembered like ten years down the line, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And like that, that's sort of the difference to me between something like Axiom Verge and and other Metroidvanias that I find so compelling, like Axiom Verge is neat, but I don't think I'm going to write anything on it. Like it's, it's one of those things where I got done with it. And I was like, I'm glad I did that. I don't think I have much to say about it. I'll mention it on a podcast. I'm not going to write like a thousand word essay about it. There's not enough to say it was good, not great. And like, I, yeah, like it, it reminds me a little too, and and this is a segue, I guess, into into another uh, set of things we wanted to talk about. Uh, games that, like, basically your 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 commitment to horror games. We were talking about horror games uh, starting out uh, before we started the podcast, and one of the things you said to me about them that really uh, resonated with the way that I play horror games too is that half of the fun for you, or maybe all, most of the fun for you, isn't exactly the playing of it, because that, that gets too tense, but the actual like diving into the the connective lore that ties in with the uh, aesthetics and sort of like the creation of the world in uh, in in horror games, like Silent Hill, or um, uh, like, like you said, uh, Layers of Fear, uh, games like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the most... Like, that's that, that's what makes a game... A, a horror game right because a horror game could, mm-hmm. could be like a platformer it could be an fps it can be uh whatever right uh, but what makes it a horror game is the the world building um that's what makes it i guess scary um and the, vi- and yeah. the visuals and the visuals but those are uh, often like very intertwined especially in stuff like silent hill right um oh absolutely yeah, yeah. uh so uh yeah uh so it's fun to sort of like read about this stuff and maybe like watch uh watch a let's play of it on youtube uh but then when i'm actually playing it it's oh my god Uh, well because it's because it's it's stressful (laughs) right it's not like it's not happy go lucky it's not fun uh i'm i'm crying the whole time there are tears running down my face um I'm like stress eating a whole pack of bagels. It's just not a, it's just not a good experience for me to play things like, uh, like silent Hill, especially like survival horror, you know? Um, 
Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's why uh, you know I gotta I gotta do it in sort of pieces. Like I play a little bit, I take a break, you know, I breathe out, and then I play a little, a little bit again. Because uh, the the whole time I'm playing, it's like tension. Especially if it's an effective horror game, it's like tension the whole time. You know. Right. And there's there's like obviously there's some sort of. Um, there's some layer of layering of enjoyment and tension. I saw that you, when I was like, uh, I went to your Twitter the other day and I noticed that you had, uh, you tweeted something about the Eagles game and I'm uh, incidentally uh, a big Eagles fan. So the Super Bowl was a, was exactly that to me, right? Where like watching that game was um, obviously pleasurable for me. I, I was happy with the result. It was also extremely hard to watch <laughs> like the whole game i was just i i you know my, my heart was in my throat the whole game um and so like that tension was great but oh are you saying that the the pets the pets are like the silent hill monsters oh um, effect yeah for football yes absolutely they are to me. you know what i i agree i'm i'm a pats guy right i'm from boston and okay. i agree with that okay i agree uh the pats are definitely the silent hill monsters of football uh like they're they're definitely they're there to get you you know um so yeah and they're, oh, they always come back it's like it's like you know that before they got that strip sack at the, before Brandon Graham got the strip sack at the end, I, I thought the game was still over. Cause it's yeah. like, well, we didn't get quite enough space away from pyramid head and he's running into this room. Yeah. And like <laughs> that sword has a long reach. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the pats, the pats have like a form too, you, you know, you know, as like a, as like <laughs> exactly, a yeah. yeah. You better save enough of your health, uh, beating the first, uh, form of like, wesker at the end of resident evil one because he's gonna you know he's gonna drink uh the zombie juice and become powerful and you have to beat that second form too yeah um oh man yeah exactly but exactly it's the same thing like it's it's this it's this it's this tension i like um but it leads me to this other question because you said you don't really like horror movies which seem to be like the same kind of uh, productive tension so what's what wherein lies the difference for you oh i i like um I do like horror movies, um, but oh, okay. horror games, Sorry. like horror movie, horror movies, I can consume like popcorn, you know? Oh, um, okay. Now that makes a lot more sense. I just misheard you. So I was, I was like, this is a really complicated relationship he must have with horror movies. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, uh, no, it's, it's like, a, it's not that I dislike um, horror games or horror movies. It's that I can consume one a lot more easily than the other. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that might be at least partly because the, um, the enjoyment of horror movies for me is kind of predicated on me being outside of the situation. Right. Um, like, okay. like I'm outside yeah. of it. Uh, I can't control anything. I'm not responsible for anything. I'm just watching this go down. Right. Um, oh, and and yeah. whatever happens, happens. And it has no consequence to me uh, because I like my ass is just planted on a chair outside of that world. Entirely, <laughs> right. Um, but the moment yeah. you put me in control of the protagonist, right? In control of some character within that. And suddenly I'm responsible for their life. Uh, and I know, I know all of this like horrible stuff is going to happen. And I, I somehow have to protect them from it now. And, yeah. I, and I have to actually win, you know, you don't <laughs> win a horror movie. You can win a horror game. Right. Um, right, so right. that's like, that's like a totally different situation for me. That's where the stress comes from. But, but I love, that makes sense. I love horror as a genre. I guess. Yeah. 
I guess that also explains why it's more fun for you to watch Let's Plays because like you're sort of put back in the horror movie spectator view of it then. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I get a and I get a goofy screaming man, uh, just uh, <laughs> just just like as an interface between the horror and me. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, that, that that's that's interesting though. I think that's really smart because, like, you know, one of the things I I have a lot of mixed opinions about um, games criticism in the academy, and it's part of the reason why I started this podcast. That like I was doing games crit, and I liked my games criticism but it didn't like anyone else's and i'm not a i'm not a really conceited person so i was thinking like this must just be because it's not because i'm a million times smarter than everyone it's just like no one's i no one's doing what i'm doing so i want to do it more and um and like the 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 thing that i noticed about games criticism is that a lot of people in um traditional academic games credit games crit are like really interested in interactivity and interactivity is like the name of the game for them and i get it i mean that makes total sense but what you said there i think is a much better way of understanding the appeal of video games and that like it's not necessarily the interaction that draws people in it's the responsibility you get like you're responsible for the life and death and maintenance of a world in almost every video game um to some degree or another and that is i mean that's super stressful but also extremely intoxicating and it's not necessarily like the game lets you write the story it's that you get to have this sense of life or death that you don't usually have in everyday life oh yeah um yeah uh it's uh it's basically like uh it can do the exact same thing a non-interactive medium like a movie or a book can like it can tell you a story but it can make you feel the impact of that way more uh by by putting you actually in it right so it's like it's like Mm -hmm. one of those um one of those choose your own adventure goosebumps um yeah (laughs) basically that's that's like what video games are (laughs) right that's that's literally what visual novels are more or less right Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should do, Turn to page seven. Yeah, they got to yeah. do a series of like um, Goosebumps VNs. I'd be into that. Everybody would be into that. That is an instant seller. Like I think I think if uh, if R.L. Stein like, did that tomorrow, they would sell a mint. Like I, I would yeah. buy, you know, Night of the Living Dummy visual novel yeah. just to see what it was like. Except, except like you can like ask the skeleton out on a date. <laughs> they're like they're like the skeleton like blushes a bit, and, it, and it's like oh, yeah. senpai. It's like really uh, feel that way about me. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, it's like it's like the I was talking to to um, Scott Benson about uh, Night in the Woods, which I help. I've had him on so many times. We always end up talking about Night in the Woods, um, which is cool because I like talking about Night in the Woods, but. Um, uh, and and I'm sure he tolerates talking about Night in the Woods still, but uh, he was saying like he was telling me about this game that fan like a fan group had had asked him if it was okay and asked him and uh, the rest of Infinite Fall if it was okay for them to produce, and he was like yeah if I like do what you want, um, but it's a dating sim basically with all the characters in uh, Night in the Woods, and I I I like how much even in a game that is not about dating. Um, even a little bit like that game isn't necessarily about romantic tension with your character and the other characters. Um, it's there. And like, not only is it there, it's, it's super appealing to like uh, almost everyone who's playing it where it's like, Oh yeah. Like on some level I'd play a, a night in the woods dating sim. Why not? Um, 
<laughs> like I, I I think I would play I would play a Goosebumps dating sim too, where like you know, it's the it's the horror uh, horror amusement park, but also um, you get to have dates on the terrifying tunnel of love or whatever. Yeah, and, and everybody everybody's kind of a tsundere because they're like trying to skip they're trying to scare you but once you break through like this the scary barrier then uh they they open up with their real feelings about you right yeah no exactly i think i think this is this is uh, people are going to yell at me if i don't do this now this is the perfect transition to another game we talked about which is um and i've been looking i've actually been looking at the screen caps from frog fractions because i've never played uh-huh. it uh but we, we might we might get to that or not but like this is basically the plot of Doki Doki Literature Club in some ways, right? Like the 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 horror uh, Sundara uh, character who beneath the surface is uh, just like, you know, absolutely bonkers, but that way because they love you. Yeah. In a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I've played like a few like, visual novels in the past with characters a little bit like that like you've got like the tsundere like yandere archetype even uh like the type that will like murder uh the girl that you're interested in right um yeah right uh and um my uh some of my friends actually produced a visual novel recently uh with a very like yandere ish character well not even i oh what's it called it's called um I want to say it's called Sketchbook. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it, it's by that guy. Okay. Um, do you know that meme um, of uh, uh, where they're like these these little dudes that look like socks and one of them is like, see that guy over there? Uh, he blank, blank, blank. Uh, and then uh, the guy's like angry at the other guy now. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's one of the uh, artists on that. Uh, he's, oh, okay. actually, he's actually a super good artist. Like you'd be surprised uh, by the simplicity of uh, that comic, right? Um, but that that has I like. There's so many so many memes like that are done by really good artists. Like you would, I don't think you'd understand how good an artist Casey Green is with the like this is fine dog or or Branson Reese with the uh, one fear shirt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it's like you know the thing that's going to become a meme is like the thing that you just like throw out there. Like that's what people are going <laughs> right. to love, right? um yeah definitely everyone's gonna repost this and not my uh and not the stuff i spent so much time on um i i'm I'm imagining i'm imagining like uh like van gogh like taking a break from um from his like amazing paintings and he's just like what uh, what if i draw an owl and I put oh really below it. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure this this will be of no interest to anybody. And it's, and it's like yeah, um, that's that's kind of a it's kind of a, it's hanging in every every dorm room in the country now. That's like it has a special place of honor in the Louvre where everyone just yeah. goes and talks about its 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 significance to the human condition. This is how I feel. This is me. Yeah. Um, sometimes we we must all ask ourselves the question of. Uh, whether it's really whether we are really genuine humans that's that's what the aurelio asks i think yeah exactly. yeah um <laughs> yeah uh yeah they're uh 
like people people are surprisingly good artists uh that that make these memes um but uh that's true also for uh flork flork of cows is the guy that made both that meme and the visual novel uh sketchbook um and that's that's a fun one because it has uh it has that like yandere ish i i want to say not even yandere more just like a sociopath <laughs> you know okay. like what do you call it nice. what do you call it when somebody is a yandere but there's no romance it's just this Ted, Ted Bundy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just uh, it's just Ted Bundy. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's that's a fun one. Um, so so I mean, Doki Doki wasn't like by any means the uh, the first visual novel that I had played, right? Um, right. What was unique about it was the sort of like meta ness and, and like the meta commentary on visual novels in general, right? Yeah. And like there was, I mean, it was um, one of the things that you said and that I think really uh, distills it quite nicely is that it's a it's a game that is very different from what you would expect. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't actually uh, it doesn't give you what you are anticipating when you start playing it. Right. Like it kind of lays out what's going to happen because you or not exactly, but like, well, <laughs> So I streamed I streamed Doki Doki with someone uh, with uh, with a guy on Twitter called Johnny is good who also didn't know what was going to happen in Doki Doki. So neither of us knew. Um, and we would we open the game. And the first thing the game tells you is like this scene is uh, this game is not suitable for people who are easily disturbed. Yep. And then it's just like it's just the really happy like and like the uh, and all the four girls. And it's like what? wait what is what the heck so you're you're on edge the whole time it's like what is gonna happen and the game the game really like it, it does a good job of lulling you into a false sense of security even though it basically lays out that you shouldn't have it by just being like a normal visual novel so you're working through it you're like okay fine um and then it gives you something you weren't even like imagining you'd get in the visual novel and it really like that that feeling of Buying into a video game and getting something totally different is so uniquely off-putting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a, uh, and I, I think part of like what makes uh, Doki Doki particularly effective here is it takes it takes its time in actually getting to it, like uh, in actually getting to you know the the stuff. Um, like mm-hmm. it, it really makes it seem like uh, like it's seriously just like you know just a normal game uh and it introduces this cute mechanic right the poem writing uh and right yeah introduces these these characters these characters the only the only clue there was i'm like okay these characters are a little bit too like standard you know for visual novels right they're, they're a little bit too like yeah. leaning into that right but aside from that it's like a perfectly normal thing and it's cute and it's enjoyable and then uh and then you know and then all the stuff yeah. happens. <laughs> if, if you'd like to see my my Twitch streams of them, I think they're still up on Twitch. I should probably put them on YouTube at some point, but uh, just Twitch TV backslash Hagelbond. But I mean, there's a million Let's Plays of this game. I mean, it, if you don't like visual novels, at least watch a Let's Play of it because it is um, it's 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 interesting. If you know any of the tropes of uh, of visual novels, it's a uh, it's kind of fun um, the way it inverts them. Another, I mean, another game like that is um, is that I played recently that I actually thought was was much was actually a lot better, but wasn't going for the exact same thing, so it's hard to compare. Um, so I guess I'll just say I enjoyed it more uh, for whatever reason. 
uh, was uh, Hatful Boyfriend, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the pigeon dating simulator. Um, have you played that? Uh, I I have not played that. My my friend who runs a web comic called The Pigeon Gazette has played that naturally um but i have not played that of course what i understand it's like um you know the the pigeons the pigeons are people (laughs) kind of in a a way kind of yeah they 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 take on they take on uh human qualities but it's like it's it's such a cool game because like you know you can you could put on the the visualization tool for for people and it'll like when it introduces the pigeons it'll show you like a a person's sketch of them effectively but the game works so much better if you just think of them as birds because that's what they are um and it's it's really weird it has like a super deep lore attached to it it goes really really all in with the story but it it at core never deviates from the fact that it is a dating sim where you play a girl who is trying to romance pigeons and it is so strange um and understands like the tropes of the visual novel and makes fun of them so effectively um in its absurdity so it feels like it feels like the only the the two ways that you can really like mess with people's expectations of games are with like really really visceral horror um that comes out of nowhere or really really deeply bizarre um game choices that are you know put into place and then never questioned right um yeah uh or or i mean i can't like no game comes to mind immediately when i'm describing this but i guess you could go the other way and like pretend that a game is like super uh complex and uh and cool and has deep lore but then it's actually super simple and there's like nothing there but but i feel like that's just like uh, the that's way more disappointing than uh than how it's done (laughs) conventionally so i don't really see an incentive for anybody to do that you know I mean, there's, there's like, I, I think that that idea, though, I mean, the the idea of like disappointing video yeah. games, there, there's like there's there's literature that is that is set up to disappoint you. There's art that's set up to disappoint you. Like my comics. Zing. <laughs> I, 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 I zing right. myself there. But I do. I, yeah, just go to Shen Comics with an X. You'll see one of those pieces of art. Um, no, 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 no. Your comics are are traditionally enjoyable. Um which is to say they're good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. But no, I mean, like, there's 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 art that sort of like lets you down and and does so in you know purposefully, especially modern art. Like modern or contemporary art plays around with disappointment a lot, and video games don't really do that. You're right. Like I I don't I can't think of like a a purposefully disappointing video game. Um. Yeah. I mean, there are some there are some games that like um make you work hard for practically nothing right um right. yeah like I, I recently uh i recently um read a little bit about uh this old game it was either for the i think it was nes right and it was called takeshi's challenge um and that okay. was like that was made by some guy that was like an everything like he was like an arnold schwarzenegger of japan i want to say he, he like did it. he did everything he was a comedian he was an actor he was a singer and he was a yeah okay um and he he made this game he actually directed it right um okay wow. and it's just it's just supreme it has like a lot of depth and a lot of interesting mechanics and it's just supremely disappointing um so <laughs> so there are, there are games like that there's there are just like hey like uh you you put in a lot of work uh but but for what 
uh, you know, maybe it was about the journey and not the destination and the friends made along the God, way. I hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was kind of ties back to like the 100%ing braid thing that we talked about, right? <laughs> right, yeah. If you if you do it, you're not going to get, you know, the, the, only, the only, yeah, I guess that's disappointing, right? Like the, that, you know, 100%ing it is always disappointing in some way. There's always a letdown period after you 100% a game. Um, not that I've 100%ed a lot of games is because my immediate thought is this will be disappointing in the end, so I don't have a lot of incentive. <laughs> but uh, but Braid, you know, underlines it for you and says, like, isn't this disappointing? Like, isn't what you're doing really, like, not rewarding? Yeah. The, the, um, only one, uh, the only one I can think of that's not like that for 100%ing is uh, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland. Because uh, when you when uh, you get all the stars in that, you get to play as Meta Knight. Uh, and yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty good. sick. That's pretty sick. I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> Kirby, you've incentivized me. You've done it. That's I, I don't know why more games don't do that. Don't give you some sort of like incredible thing for a hundred percent. It's just usually like a an achievement. Well, because because it's um, a lot of it's a lot of work to put in for that sort of tier. Um, <laughs> I guess that's yeah, right. And, yeah. and most people are aren't going to bother. You know, most people are going to finish the core campaign, uh, and then that's 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 all they really want out of the game, right? So it's actually going to be for a very small number of people. And you, yeah, you've just spent you know, hundreds of hours of manpower putting in something that like seven people are Mad on night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's awesome. It's like I, I like it. Yeah, it's um, pretty no, I, I I understand why they don't do it now yet, I guess. Um but I mean uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy, we were talking about that a little bit uh off air. Like like that's a game that um it I wouldn't say it's disappointing because it's very honest about what you are given. Um I was talking to someone who said like they just find it super relaxing um to play getting over it with bennett foddy to me the game is extremely frustrating um i don't know what your experience with it is but like i guess i'll ask like what's your experience with with getting over it um it's uh well hard to describe um because uh it's like frustrating true um but eventually Mm -hmm. uh, i tend to enter kind of like a zen while playing it where it's like it's no longer frustrating because it doesn't matter. The game itself is irrelevant. Uh, I'm just like doing a, uh, I'm just doing an exercise. Basically, it's like it's like jogging, right? Jogging, jogging yeah. isn't frustrating. Maybe deliberately putting one foot in front of the other and thinking about it every single time can be frustrating. But jogging is like is, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but why uh, why do you find it frustrating? I mean, I just find it. Fr- I haven't. I haven't played a lot of it, but I find it frustrating for the exact reasons that I think um, you described. Like it's it, the 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 mechanics of trying to, to move around as a man in a cauldron with a uh, a, a canoe. Uh, it, I mean, it's it, they're difficult mechanics. It's the same reason. Like Quap was the same sort of way, where like the the basic quality of it was just so. I mean, it was so like deeply difficult on its face um but you're right like at a certain point with quap the and i think like that's foddy too right i'm not mistaken um i i believe so i i think so when you mentioned quap uh, i think i read somewhere that that's also foddy yeah okay um well even if it's not foddy it, like there's a there's a quality to it that reminds me of the the work in um 
Well, like that, that, uh, the, 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 the Jonathan Blow bit in Braid, where like the things you're doing aren't actually about the things that games usually care about. Like the in co-op, you can uh, it gives your your distance. And like after a little bit, I realized like the distance doesn't really matter. Like the whole point of this is just to sort of see if you can take one step um, was the way I sort of started to understand the game. And I think like that's instructive for me to say out loud, because I think probably what I need to do with getting over it is play it to the point that I understand what it's about, like what I should be thinking of it as not, you know, I need to get over it, like get over the mountain or get over whatever. It's like, I need to understand what the point of this game is to me. You gotta, you gotta get over uh, the effect that failure has on you. That's what what you're getting over, dude. Um, You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh dude. Uh, Whoa. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, the way I, I tend to think about um, things that are really hard and uh, I, I've played, I've played, um, I've played a lot of games that are like tough, you know, tough as nails. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I tend to think about them is the actual game isn't what's in front of you. Um, But the actual game is kind of you going through the number of attempts you have to go through before you succeed. Because just by the law of large numbers, there's a definite number of attempts before you succeed. Right. Like eventually you're going to succeed. And that's the actual trek that you're making. Right. Yeah. Like like each attempt is just a step in the trek to. Uh, to that eventuality right to that pretty much inevitable eventuality because like come on <laughs> like eventually you're you're gonna get it um so that's that's how i think of uh, getting over it and that's how i think about uh pretty much any any hard game or any like hard part in a game hmm that's fascinating i really like that i i i i, I i'm putting i'm gonna do a soft ending here because we're at an hour and that is just so profoundly good um as a thought because like the the idea is the idea of like, I mean, there's something so disappointing about reaching the end of a hard game in some ways because like the ending doesn't ever feel worth it. But like, I like that shifting of expectations where you're like, well, no, it's not about like the ending of the game. It's it's like that was always inevitable. The whole thing was actually just doing the stuff in the game and like going through iterations of it and learning about it and getting better. Um, the ending is actually like the worst part because that's the part that like is it's just the inevitable part. It's like the least interesting of all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's very like, that's very like conventional wisdom, right? Um, it's, yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's said in an unconventional way, yes. which is what I like. About yes. It. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's applicable to, to like, to like everything, I guess. Uh, like for example, uh, if I, uh, if I make it with, comics right like really make it like like get those garfield numbers going you know? oh yeah uh, if i make it with comics and i buy myself uh, a gold yacht uh, i don't i have no idea how that's gonna float it's gonna work out somehow right uh, and i buy myself you got some, yeah there's like the simpsons guy who created itchy and scratchy the the gold house yeah like- <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a gold i gotta have gold house gold yacht um it's a very malleable metal <laughs> it's gonna be yeah no yeah. soft um but uh like when i'm standing on that gold yeah when i'm standing on the deck uh, it's kind of be kind of like 
the end, right? Like, yeah, I can, I can kind of take a moment to, I guess, appreciate. Uh, I'm probably not going to be like significantly happier in any way, right? I guess I can take a moment to appreciate yeah. that I'm on a gold yacht now and I quote unquote did it, right? Uh, but the actual meaningful part of that was, uh, was the, uh, the game and the struggle of, of getting there, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I guess, like, I guess. Well, maybe that's something maybe that's something that's really like important about video games in some way, because, of course, like, you know, we talked about the ways in which you you can kind of experience responsibility or experience um, frustration or experience, uh, you know, altered expectations in video games uh, sort of um, in, a, in a low stakes way, I guess. Um, but it, it's 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 instructive to be able to experience the disappointment of achievement in a low stakes way, because of course, like in life, it's always clouded by the fact that if you make it, then you have food and shelter and you're not going to like die from exposure. Right. Like it's, there's, there's like, there's like a clear existential benefit that like clouds that um, question of like, well, is this worth it? Cause you could always say like, well, yeah, now I'm not going to die of starvation. And it's hard to, hard to say anything to that. <laughs> But the, you know, the question of what was better, the journey or the the outcome in a video game where you don't have that out is, um, I don't know, that's like, that's, that's maybe like an important thing that video games give us. Yeah. And that's, that's not to say that the outcome isn't good. Like it's, it's pretty good, but it's only momentary, right? Uh, and then you're, mm -hmm. you're on right. to whatever your next goal is until you run out of goals and then you're just uh, lost in life. So, or dead. I mean, oh yeah, that's that's the that's the final goal in a way. The the other one. Yeah, <laughs> but then, maybe it's better than I. Uh, no, sorry. Go uh, ahead. No, I was gonna say, is it better than being lost? I don't know. Um, uh, maybe that's a tough question. Uh, depends on how you're lost and how lost you are. Um, <laughs> but uh, then you then you crawl out of the grave and you gotta go save somebody without looking back or whatever so there even, even, <laughs> even after yeah. that even after and then you go up to heaven and it's like kid icarus up there and you're just like oh, oh man oh. i can't believe it all these hard yeah. games <laughs> this is really i can't in. believe heaven is the kid icarus ice level i should have gamed harder i'd be ready <laughs> <laughs> right my only regret is not gaming enough <laughs> Well, Shen, thank you so much for coming on. This was really cool. Uh, is there anything you feel like we didn't touch on? We touched on a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th I think we pretty much went through um, everything I wanted to. Uh, is there anything uh, that you feel like yeah. we missed? Um, no, I think we actually touched on it all. We didn't talk about Frog Fractions, but I'm kind of glad because now uh, after reading about it a little bit, uh, only a little bit, because obviously if I'm, you know, in a conversation, it's, I can't read too much, but looking at the images and kind of getting a sense of it, I really want to play it. Um, but I, you've given me a lot of, a lot of thoughts about like, uh, I want to play your, I want to play the, uh, the, the visual novel, the sketchbook novel. Um, and then Frog, there's all sorts of new games that I want to play, which is, you know, like everyone, I just have a total. Uh, I don't have a backlog of games. I have, I have so many games that I uh, that I don't need to play that I have taking up space on my hard drive. There's, you know, just like everyone, my Steam library is all complete. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. But uh, uh, yeah, no, actually, I'm I'm very excited to check this out. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing, nothing. I thought anything you wanna you wanna plug. Uh, obviously, your comics, ShenComics.com. Um, is there any any projects you're up to recently that you really want people to to see? Um. 
uh, well, mostly I'm just uh, I'm just focusing on comics and kind of like entertaining people, I guess. Um, but that can that can be found. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. Shen ShenComics.com is kind of like the central hub, but there's like uh, you know pretty much any major social media, Instagram, Twitter. Just uh, look it up, and you'll find me there. Even like Reddit and Imager and stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, aside. Yeah. Just don't go to 4chan. Don't worry about it. You yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm anonymously shit posting on Co too. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's another it's another social media that you can find me on. Um, you can find Shen on yeah, Paul. yeah. You can find uh, Shen on Paul. I'm the uh, oh man. Uh, Your Kekistan six seventy six. Yeah, we're getting we're getting heavy here. Um, but uh, aside <laughs> from that. Um, Aside from that, oh, um, two two projects uh, that aren't mine, um, but that I like, that I want to plug Great. is, uh, of course, um, Sketchbook by uh, by Flork of Cows and Friends. Um, that's a uh, that's a really fun visual novel, uh, and so I recommend checking that out. Um, the link that he sent me to. Uh, it was on Game Jolt, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, anywhere else, like on itch.io. But uh, yeah, if you just look up Sketchbook Game Jolt, uh, you'll find it there. Um, and uh, also, I recently played a game called uh, Celeste. Uh, I played it on the Switch. It's available mm. for PC too. Um, and it's kind of like um, I, I bothered my friend until he bought it too and played it. Um, but uh, he... Uh, he described it as kind of like a meat boy, like, I guess, spiritual successor with a, with a plot. And the plot is actually very, like, heartwarming and bittersweet. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it's yeah, I don't know, it's a very clever game. But, but it, is a, uh, it is a precision platformer, like technical platformer. Uh, but I highly recommend that. That's, uh, that's on the Switch and on the PC. Um, and uh, that's, that's it. That's all I can think of at the moment. All right, cool. I put I just put Celeste on my wish list. I'm excited yeah, to dude. play that. Solid. Well, I will. I'll I'll ask you. I'll like I'll bother you in your DMs and get you back on when I play it. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, bother me. I'll, like I want to talk to people about that game. Okay. Um, cool. I'm trying to I'm trying to convert people so I can then <laughs> talk to them about it. Um, well, that's the, that's the dream. Being able to talk to people about video games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish someday. Someday I can talk to people about video. Someday, somehow, we will look at the same moon and then talk about video games talk together. About how that moon doesn't look like a moon in a video game that we've both played. Talk about how that moon is like coming closer and has a face. It's funny that that moon looks like that moon in that one game. It's a little troubling. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, come back again. Follow Shen. Um, you're what's your ad i i forget your ad is it is it at sh- uh shenanigans then exactly um okay. yeah it's uh it's just at uh the word shenanigans with en at the end uh shenanigans and um or if you just look up uh shen comics twitter then it'll come up i'm pretty sure um, all of you follow him already because you have you have like an obscene amount of followers so uh I'm pretty sure like anyone who's listening to the show is like is you know chastising me for giving giving out your at as if like anyone doesn't know it but uh but you know well deserved obviously hey i'm I'm glad whenever somebody gives out my at I love getting added um, <laughs> at I me. love it I love it when people at me um 
Yeah. Uh, and do at me, uh, at me about, uh, this podcast, uh, no cartridge at, at me about like video games and whatever you want. Cause I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Um, and, uh, Excellent. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on Trevor. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Come back anytime. <laughs>